<laughs> I'm sorry. I just mm. I nice one, Zoolander. My... <laughs> I literally just pulled out of my back pocket right when we have it. I was like, oh, that'd be funny. Hey, guys. Hello, everybody out there in viewer land. Welcome back to the Battle Bros podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, hey, how are you? Welcome. If you're coming back to see us, welcome, welcome back. back. Exactly. So. If you're not been on our show before, this is a Battle Bros podcast. I am Mac. This guy over here is Alamo. Uh, welcome. We are a veteran uh, lifestyle podcast where we talk about uh, different issues regarding veterans and the military and veteran communities at large. So we uh, hope that. you enjoy. You sit, kick back, enjoy the show. And um, yeah, so uh, all good stuff. How you doing there, brother? Doing out freaking standing. Congratulations, by the way. I know you. We so if, if you weren't here last week, we took a week off because uh, this guy celebrated his tenth wedding anniversary. So golf clap. Yes, and yes. Ah, and the crowd goes wild. Yeah. Ah, crowd noise. Anyway, <laughs> we're a low budget show here, folks. So we got to make that crowd noise any way we can. So, well, congratulations, man. That's that's a that's no small feat nowadays. I mean, yeah. the average lion, bro. Yeah, I see the average marriage doesn't last like what three, four years. Uh, I believe it's roughly around there, yeah. which is uh, extremely unfortunate. Yeah, but don't worry about it. You made it ten years, man. Congratulations! That's an awesome feat. Hell yeah! And uh, many happy blessings to you and your lovely misses. And here's to the next ten years. So yeah. So good stuff. So before, um, before we took a week's hiatus to celebrate this guy over here, I'm just adjusting my camera here a minute, folks. Sorry. Um, we had our um, what do we do? Oh yeah, we did uh, the fourth uh, installment for the veteran interview panel with uh, with Melissa. Again, thank you to Melissa for being on the show. Um, yes. That was a great interview, one that we were really looking forward to doing just for to have the female perspective of, of things. You know, we've had several uh, gentlemen that have been on the show, friends of ours and whatnot. So it's always nice to have that unique, fresh approach. So we are going to hopefully have more of those coming throughout this season and into the next. So yeah. um, I, I, I do I do, I do kind of want to apologize to the Bro Legion just a little bit on the ter in terms of just how long it took me to get the episode out. Um, considering he was on a second honeymoon, yes. wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it took me a little bit of time. Uh, then, of course, out of turn. There were some small technical issues that ended up happening downloading the video, um, to get it you know established and put onto the anchor platform and everything else. But as it, the guy was out. selling the bumper stickers in Forrest Gump, said. Shit happens. So, it happens. What, what? shit? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> it's a great movie. Uh, it's a fantastic oh movie. God. Oh. Here, here, take a yellow shirt. Nobody likes that color anyway. He makes a smiley face. I mean, come on. There's just so much stuff they attributed <laughs> to Forrest Gump. It's like, oh, that's dope. Oh, God, yeah. So dope. Congratulations. How do you feel? 
I got to pay. pay. <laughs> I believe Sadie had to go pee. <laughs> I have about 14 <laughs> Dr. Peppers. <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. So good. Back so, when Dr. Pepper was actually made with real freaking products or yeah. ingredients. Yeah, not uh, the H HFCS, the high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. But what's interesting is that the the diet stuff is worse for you than the regular stuff. That, yeah. So like the non the non-nutritive sweetener. Yeah, like that uh, stuff's terrible. If you aspartame, acetylfame, and I believe uh, what's the other one? There's three. If you aspartame, acetylfame, and something else. And if you're like me, where you've actually had the uh, had the the job experience of having to do um, operator level maintenance on like one of those um, freestyle Coke machines. Oh, you know, you know, Bruh. like all yeah. I mean, it's not that bad, but like you see how like disgusting those things get after a while. You're just like, Ugh. so yeah. But yeah, I, I don't drink diet. I shouldn't drink as much soda as I do, but you know, hey, we all gotta have fixes. Yeah. Anyway, so so again, welcome back, everybody. We're glad to be back. Um, we've kind of had some ups and downs going coming in regards to uh, consistency on the show. Thank you for bearing with us. We're glad that you guys get to come back and see us. Jesus Christ, that was loud in my freaking ear. Just hear, it's just like, ah, what died? Goodness, man. <laughs> my headphones like crazy loud. As I was saying, folks, before I had a freaking ear spasm over here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, we appreciate everybody for stopping by to check out the show, for telling your friends, telling your family members, coworkers, your loved ones, fellow service members. That's how we're slowly growing, and it's just been a, an amazing experience so far. Uh, it's it's crazy that we're at episode 032 right now, episode 32, and God. we have had viewership all over the world, Ireland, um Britain, India, like just India. I believe Portugal was one of them. Yeah, too. I was like, which kind of threw me for a freaking loop. I was like, yeah, what? We got to pull the John right here, man. Yeah, yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot that part. My bad. You guys are you guys are getting all over the world now, bro. Uh, yeah, bro. Miss you, buddy. Love you, buddy. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> man, I, I wish we. I wish. I wish we would have thought about having this show and that he was still here because I would have loved to interview him. And just be like, <laughs> it's just a lab and shit, dude. <laughs> oh, and the stories too, man. Oh my god, what? A oh dude. god, yeah. And if you don't know who we're referring to, we'll get to that at the end of the show, like we do always. But let's yeah. um, you now we got the pleasantries aside. Let's get out here and let's talk and have our weekly fireside chat. Have about it. So, yeah. um, last. Episode last few episodes last few episodes that we've done we'd had uh, we had a, a, another veteran interview we talked about um, mindset we also talked about burnout and how it regards to certain people yeah. so kind of with this week um, we've had some interesting events of the last week or so around the world uh, we just celebrated um, Memorial Day which if you didn't catch our post on I believe it was on our Instagram. Is that correct? Instagram. -o. So we had we did a post on Instagram, basically talking about why Memorial Day is can be good and bad. Um, you know, it, it, 
a lot of veterans feel a little bit out of place and stuff when you say, oh, happy Memorial Day. It's like it's not about us. It's, it's about those that pay yeah. the ultimate sacrifice and go out and live your life and enjoy yourself and enjoy the freedoms that they died fighting to protect. So Correct. There is that. Um, we've also had some other things happen, some tragedies and whatnot, not to get too far into the political spectrum of things, but it's going to kind of have a little bit of bearing on what we're talking about tonight. And if you haven't guessed, um, or if you haven't seen any of the posts from, uh, us this week, this week's episode is about service. And this yeah. was kind of geared around the fact <laughs> that Memorial Memorial day just passed, uh, Monday of this week. Um, but also because of some other things that we'll get into. And again, we're going to do our best to kind of be a little bit even keeled and neutral on the political spectrum of things, because let's face it, there's enough of that stuff out there. We don't need yeah. to get into that. That's not why you tune into us. You tune in here because like this guy has got, you know, a pretty good sense of humor and I just have a ginormous head. So he's looking at me. He's just like ginormous head with a ginormous brain. Nice save, dude. I appreciate that. Thanks. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, so so because of it was Memorial Day, um, we're going to talk about service and yeah. why that's important, what it is, and you know what that what that legacy of service looks like. So we'll start off like we always do, and we're going to talk about the definition. So what is service? The verb service. Um, what the action? Okay, so service is defined as the act of helping or doing work for someone. Correct. In addition to that, we're going to talk about something that goes takes a little bit further. We're going to talk about selfless service. And that definition is the lack of the pursuit of one's own interests for the betterment of others. Okay, so how can we kind of like breach Excuse me. How can we broach this subject and kind of like ease our way into the waiting pool of discussion? So let's think about it. You know, when we talk about selfless service, I can pretty much think of, you know, two examples from within the last hundred years that are going to be very applicable answers. Okay. Um, unfortunately, both of them in involve wartime. Yeah. But you have the attack on Pearl Harbor, which catapulted the United States into World War II. And what happened when that unfortunate tragedy happened? We had a lot of people go and they ended up donating blood or, you know, volunteering to do this or the other. And a lot of people just surged into the service and were like, we're going we're gonna to do our part. This is something that's bigger than all of us. Okay. So if you can kind of understand where I'm going with this one, Let's bring it and make it a little bit more <laughs> temporary and let's talk about 9-11. So, yes, yeah. we're talking 60 years later. We're talking, I mean, almost 60 years because. It was almost 60 years. Yeah, almost. Yeah, because you had December 7, 41, then you had September 11. So just a few months shy of being 60 years to the day, yeah. you know, how many people signed up because of 9-11? You know, this guy, this guy, you know, he was a little bit later. I was, you yeah. know, I was a senior in high school. He was a freshman. You've heard us tell these stories. We're not going to, you know, go over them again for the umpteenth time. But yeah, you had all those people do that. You had people standing in line to give blood around the country. Um, I mean, it was just it was a, it was a big thing. It was 
we were attacked. So people jumped aside and they raised their hand and said, I'm going to go do my part. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to, if I can't serve, I'm going to go donate blood or I'm going to help and start uh, some kind of drive in my neighborhood or my community or whatnot. So had to, had to wet your whistle. What the whistle? Um, but yeah, I mean, and then to kind of go nine eleven a little bit further, you know, you talk about, um, you know, one of the things to talk about service and, you know, kind of giving that, um, kind of paying it forward to those guys that did that was, um, good example was, um, why am I blanking on the dudes, the guy right now, John Stewart. John Stewart went up to Capitol Hill. I want to say it was like last year, the year before. I believe it he, was last year, yeah. I think it was 2021, right? Yeah, something like that, yeah. And he ended up championing for the fund that was established for all of the first responders that worked on the pile at Ground Zero. Yeah. And they were told, you know, and again, please understand, we're not getting into politics. We're just kind of going loosely basing off this. If you want to look up this stuff on your own, you know, do what old school people did back in the day. You know, they would report the news, give you enough information, research it yourself, formulate your own opinion. We're not here to yeah. do this or that or the other for the most part. If it's something like, you know, we're talking about Afghanistan. Yeah, we're going to get into brass tacks about how some shit happened there. But regardless, um, when basically they, they were talking about how that fund was running out of money to take care of these first responders that were dying off due to these unknown illnesses from being around all the chemicals and the substances in 9-11. I mean, you had that unburnt, you had that burning jet fuel from where the plane struck, you had asbestos, you had all this stuff, all that concrete that was pulverized into pretty much talcum powder that everyone was yeah. breathing in and all this stuff. And how like, you know, your, your SCBAs probably weren't doing too much good for that. That's not what that's designed for. It was designed to keep you alive and breathing in a fire and stuff. So John Stewart went up there and spoke on behalf of these people and gave a very passionate and just heartfelt speech to these legislators up on Capitol Hill and was like, we told these guys we we're going to have their back. Now we don't like what gives. And yeah. uh, if you if you're not if you haven't seen that, I would really yeah. recommend getting in going on YouTube or going, you know, somewhere where you can view videos online. I say YouTube just because of the fact that they have damn near anything you want to watch and just look up that John Stewart speech in front of Congress, in front of the, um, in front of the legislatures and stuff. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like you have a guy who's known for being very sarcastic and satirical on his shows and whatnot, um, just by the nature of his comedy and, and the subject matter following politics and stuff. And here he is. And he's like, like, this is what we do as human beings. You know, we should be taking care of people. So what did, what did you want to add on that there, Macho? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. Need to um, whet the whistle? I do need to whet the whistle. Um, you know, it kind of just, it, 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 you know, it warms my heart to see that there are, and, you know, again, <laughs> we say it a lot. We try not to get into the weeds in terms of like anything political or kind of like, you know, off of that. But but it happens. It, it does happen. Um, you'll notice a lot of celebrities 
as I've seen them, as I've seen in a lot of situations, a lot of celebrities tend to avoid I'm trying to think of ways to say this in a way that doesn't get us flagged or yeah. <laughs> 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 Let's just say that there aren't a lot of celebrities out there that are particularly self-aware or willing to risk their neck to just put it out on the line and just be like, here's the real deal, guys. Yeah. You'll notice that a lot of them kind of tend to live in uh... the microcosm, the microcosmic bubble. And uh... and you know what? Hey, you yeah. know what? It's, it, it's yeah. Good for you. You've earned that right. I mean. You, you make you make a, a a living doing an art, um, and that's cool. And yeah. you know what? That's great. Provide for your family and all this stuff. And that's all I'm going to say because I will know I will get us flagged. So I'm just going to keep on <laughs> keeping on. Do what Joe Dirt says. Sometimes you got to keep on keeping on, man. Mm-hmm. But you know, in order to, and I guess let me kind of take over here, pal. But like like no, he was saying, didn't. you know, just the thing that I remember most. Uh, you know, like I've said it, I've said it on my personal Facebook page, I've said it, I've seen it other places too. Like, I would never ever wish for another 9 11 because that was a tragically horrible day. Yeah. But the America that we experienced after 9 11 on September 12th was a beautiful thing because we stopped yeah. being, we stopped being left, right. Black, white, Republican, Democrat, whatever. We stopped being African Americans. We stopped being Indian. We were just Americans. Americans. And that was just such a beautiful thing. And unfortunately, like we've talked about in previous shows, there were some side effects of, you know, of that. Like the Sikh culture and the Sikh community had a lot of uh, backlash because everyone thought that they were also Muslim, which is not quite anywhere near the same thing as being Muslim. Not quite accurate. Yeah. And when I say Muslim, I mean radical. When I'm talking yeah. like one of those radical splinter splinterizations of the Muslim faith and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, not trying to knock loop everybody under the same net or whatnot. So understand that too. But yeah, like that was kind of one of the big things. So um, you know, just in order, f- and, and it's important that people go back and, and look at that stuff and just understand that why we did that. You know. Yeah. I re- I remember clearly, you know, just how I felt that day, and then afterwards, I was like, I think I'm this army thing sounds pretty good, and like I knew, you know, I was hoping that when I deployed, I was like, I hope we go to Afghanistan because, yeah, like that, that we need to take the fight to them and all stuff, and that you know that patriotism you felt and that sense of duty and the purpose and service, so. I mean, there's a, there's a lot that goes into that. So before we get you know too far off subject, let's kind of circle back around and rally up and continue on to the uh, topic OBJ. Yeah. So we looked up a couple of different articles. I'm going to read over one that I found. Alamo found a few, and I'm going to let him kind of take the point on those. So there was an article that we had in here, and this kind of goes off of like uh, it's kind of going off of the 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 aspect of community service, which is still service in its own right. And, you know, we're not just broadly painting with a, with painting with a broad uh, paintbrush. Yes. Are we talking about military service? Sure. Of course, but just service in general. Okay. It could be high school. It could be college. It could be, 
community service. Um, let me kind of start reading on this a little bit. So um, this is uh, from an article from Stevenson University, and this has a section called The Impact of Service. It says, the psychology of volunteering is a well-researched topic. Whether one is serving or being served, outreach and volunteer efforts have a monumental impact on the lies, lives of those involved. Volunteering involving a trip or through activities such as mentorship and construction impacts the mentality and communities. The, I'm sorry, impacts the mentality of the communities and those helping. As a volunteer, engaging in community service can vastly widen one's perspective and outlook on life. By being placed in a situation that might be unfamiliar to them, they can grow as a person and cultivate a sense of how the world operates out of their comfort zone and environment. And it, it's so funny. Like we've said it so many times how it, it's kind of like, you know, I would imagine, you know, like for somebody like a pastor or a preacher in a church, how you just you, you set off on a topic and then you have all these things in your life happen, which are just so apropos. And it's like, yes, that's totally relevant to what the hell we're going to talk about. Not that they would say what the hell. Um, yeah there but reading that i was going through uh my facebook today and i have a, a relative of mine it's my uh my cousin's daughter so i guess it's my second second cousin um she and her husband just went to uh, a country in africa on a mission trip for and i think they're going to be there for like maybe a year somewhere just shy of or maybe just over and one of the first things that they've done there in the first month they've been there is they constructed a well for this village that they're at and usually you had one of two things would have to happen for them to have water they would have to go and walk 10 plus miles to another village that had a well or a stream or they had to utilize the same water that was being used and um, consumed by the livestock. So it's like, like that's people how people get sick. So when they saw that water coming up out of that well, you know, all these people were just like amazed and they were talking. Now, obviously they had, you know, the religious component because they were over there as like a church mission and whatnot. And, you know, they kind of kind of segue that into um, a little bit of gospel and all that kind of stuff. But I was just like reading it and I remembered that what I was going to read here and I was like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get so much more of an experience and like it was saying in here, you get, you can cultivate a sense of how the world operates out of their comfort zone. How many times Alamo have we said, you know, there's people that we went to high school with that still live in the same town that yeah. still, it's still like still go to the dang beefo Brady's up here in Sefner, Florida on yeah. a Friday night, because that's where everybody hangs out, you know, whereas you've gone and like I was I somehow started got talking about you with my daughter uh, yesterday. And I was explaining <laughs> I was explaining like all the places you've been, how you ended up at Fort Lewis, which is now JBLM um, Joint Base Lewis McCord. And then how you went over to Vilsick and all that stuff. And she was just like, whoa. And it's just it's wonderful to see in a kid's eyes that they don't realize that it's not just, OK, you know, the area that you live in. There's so much more outside of this little box of community. Like there's the county, there's the state, there's the country, there's the world. There's a much and, bigger world out there. And like once you get to travel in the world, it's like it just doesn't seem that 
big anymore. It kind of gives you a little bit more perspective. You're like, yeah, yeah, it takes 16 freaking hours to fly over to Afghanistan or Iraq or some stuff or whatever the crap, you know, and it, it gives you some perspective. Like I remember a joke that uh, Lewis Black said, great comedian, just so sarcastic. Like he's my, he, he's one of my spirit animals, you know, he says <laughs> if, you know, he's talking about going to Sydney, Australia to perform a show. He's like, if I have to go and fly 22 hours to go to another country, when I get there, they should have the courtesy to speak another language. I didn't fly all this way to hear English again. What the fuck? <laughs> it's kind of like, and, and that joke, you know, if you didn't understand that joke, but like having traveled and having flown on airplanes and going all over the world, not, not, I'm not, you know, a corporate jet or anything like that, but like just having that experience, it's like, yeah, that, that makes that much more funny. You know? What yeah. do you, what do you have to add about that so far, man? About the volunteering and all that stuff. Did you no. do you have a different sense of things that once you got to go to Germany and once you went to you know Washington State and all that kind of stuff? I know it's still in the country, but did it just give you a little bit of perspective? The I felt for me it was the whole thing of uh, <clears throat> excuse me. You're not for dying me, on me, are you? I might be. I don't know. Um, but for me, the whole thing. The came answer down. is new. no. Um. It just, for me, things just kind of started opening up in the sense of I, when I finally left home mm -hmm. and I finally started going out and, you know, training and doing all the things that we were supposed to be doing, it just, it, it filled me with a sense of purpose that I, I hadn't had in, in, I think, quite a bit of time, excuse me, quite a bit of time. Um, I actually felt like I was working towards, you know, a greater cause, like a greater mission. Um, and then of course, you know, obviously when, it, when we talk about things like recently and then, and, and, and kind of just, you know, finding things that kind of, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just go out and say it like, you know, I relate, you know, to like flip side, you know, like flip side is very quickly becoming kind of like a staple in terms of how I kind of want to not necessarily, not necessarily exactly with children, but I would say that, you know, that's the kind of service I want to bring to the community is just kind of that, that lighthearted, like, Hey, like, you know, we can do better when we do better together. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, Dude, you should write that down. That's a great tagline, by the way. You should just, we do better when we do better together. Like you should write that down. We might use it. <laughs> we it first. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't steal it. No, don't do it. Anyway. Um, but yeah, man. So, you know, that's, that's kind of where it, it was for me, like military service though, like as much, as much, as much as there were you times that couldn't get that out three times. You're like, <laughs> so this as, must be good as, as much as, you know, service sucked at the same damn time fucking ruled oh and, yeah and and you know and again it just it just comes down to 
it comes down to that feeling of you know in some way, shape, or form you're making a difference. Yeah. You know, and, and that and, and that right there, like to relate it to like, you know, to relate it to kind of like our main demographic and why we're doing what we're doing. There are other things that we can do. There are other things that we can do to help bring that sense of purpose back. We don't have to necessarily do something, you know, that's dangerous or that's going to cost us our life in any way, shape or form. We can do something else yeah. to make us feel like we're, we're doing something for our community to give us a purpose. And I think that's broadly kind of, I feel like that's broadly kind of like how, what our main focus is for this, for this video or for yeah. this pod, uh, for this show. Which makes this me feel episode good or bad. this show and this show in general, this just the show in general, and gotcha. and well, yeah, this episode both, too. yeah, check both damn boxes here, pal. Yeah, uh, and like I remember, and I can tell you this, you know, talking about military service, some of my best experiences that I had were when I was on uh, state active duty, like being in the National Guard. A lot of times, and every time it was hurricane season, man, you made sure you had all your TA fifty and all your field gear ready to go because I mean, we had in 2004, we had four hurricanes come through in a relatively decent amount of time, like a short amount of time. And we ended up going all over that state. I mean, you were still in high school, I believe, but um, I mean, just that was the uh, uh, Oh four, right? That was Oh four. Yep. Yeah. I was in my junior year. The, the, uh, the, the main, the battalion had just come back from, I felt so bad for those guys too, because we had all the guys that were deployed to Iraq when everything first kicked off. Um, they had just returned home after 18 months in country. And these guys got home, were home for maybe a week, a couple, a couple days to a week. And they're back out on the streets doing, you know, uh, state act hurricane duty, you know, yeah. which, it sucked for them, but at the same time, like it, it's such a, for me, it was just such a wonderful experience because you have people that literally have nothing and you're out there, just you're a face of, you know, somebody that they can, that can help them, you know, whether it was food and water distro points, uh, just helping them like running traffic. I remember standing out in front of some, some Walmart on colonial drive on uh, state road 50 out in Orlando. And it wasn't anything special, but you're just out there running traffic and stuff. And I was like, it was so cool because you're helping the people through all this stuff because the first storm came through and just wrecked Orlando. It was terrible. So there's no traffic lights. There's no electricity to a lot of places. And these people would just come up out of the goodness of their hearts. And we had so many people just stop and they're just like, Hey, you guys are busting your butts. Here's a case of water. We got you guys some food from uh, like Boston market. I'd never had Boston market before. I'm like, this stuff's pretty awesome. Like, <laughs> so you know and it was just it was boston, a foolish boston, boston market's the shit man boston market's <laughs> wicked smart though wicked awesome. wicked smart wicked, wicked, awesome. wicked awesome so um yeah you know just that whole experience of just being there for people you know and actually and just the different kind of different types of duty that we had working with you know <laughs> where we did shut up <laughs> I just knew. I said. I said that word. And you went. Oh, look what you did! Look what you did! <laughs> just the different types of you know the official 
activities we'd have to do, like working uh, MISCA, military support to civilian authority, working with cops. You know, I was working a checkpoint. Mister, with... Mister, Mister, Mister. <sighs> what am I gonna do with you, <laughs> Jesus? But just you know, everything from working, you know, and uh, and just how people just open up. Like we stayed at a church, uh, a big church up in this town of Pace. And up on the panhandle, they like, and our like whole company was in there. So, like, we had the different platoons in different areas and stuff. And that was like our staging area and all this crap. Was that, was that basically like you guys is like, uh, like fucking, you said it was like a staging area? Well, yeah. So, we, so we started off like the first hurricane we were in and around Orlando. Yeah. And then we ended up in Kissimmee, kind of over there. And then for the next one of the next hurricanes, we drove like two days. We went from Orlando up to Camp Landing, and then we went Camp Landing up to FSU. And from FSU, we drove out to the towns of Milton and Pace and just kind of did stuff out there and whatnot. Gotcha. And we stayed. We actually were at one point, we we're at Pensacola Junior College. So like the whole battalion is on cots in the, the uh, gymnasium like on the basketball court and stuff. And, um, you know, we, we all got, you know, the different companies got tasked out to do different things and whatnot, but it was just, you know, it was, it was hectic. I mean, it was just, it wasn't anything boring. You're not out doing a field problem for all this stuff and you're, you're, you're helping the community. And that's, that was kind of that special sense of purpose that you got being in the national guard is you serve two masters. Yes, you are in the military, but you also have responsibilities to the governor and to the state of Florida. So you would yeah. go into a lot of these small communities and help them out and all that kind of stuff. So that's, you know, call me, call me a weekend warrior, call me nasty girl, whatever. I don't care. I'm proud of that stuff. You know, it was, it was a yeah. good experience. Like it was, it really was. You go out there and you'd give help to people that literally just had their lives turned upside down. So it's like, I'm helping you at least, you know, if you want to come up and talk to me for a minute, yeah, at least I can do is give you some, some of my time because you just literally lost your house. It's like, it's crazy. So, yeah. Plus that full-time pay while you was active. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't bad. <laughs> if we're talking about all of that, it's like, mm, it's not bad. And then active duty pay. So I was like, oh, so yeah, not just, not just drill pay. So, all right, so now I understand, Alamo, you told me you got some articles off of this as well, so why don't you start hitting on those, please? I did, I did, I did. So... Tweet! Okay, so there was a article that I found, and the title of it was What It Means to Serve Your Country. And uh, in this article, it's actually, I mean, it's a fairly short one. It's not a very long article, but, I mean, the guy basically covers you know um you, you know uh I, be I believe the guy was like a former marine or something like that <clears throat> um but i'll kind of just go i'll kind of just like read right through it for you the, the, which um, is funny because they're very careful in particular about that terminology they always say prior service marine yeah they don't say former so i'm just like hmm eh. anyway yeah. So, and uh, and I mean, like, I mean, the article is from like 2013, but I think it stills pretty fucking valid, even today. Okay. Um, it says, uh, "Serving my country was an inflection point. It set my life on a new course." Hmm. Um, a former Marine, I find myself a in a constant pursuit of reattaining the meaningfulness 
of those four years chasing the chasing the feeling I had when my profession involved working in challenging conditions with teams of great people to solve big problems whose scope exceeded personal gain. Who man, I've already got goosebumps. Keep Dude, going on this one, man. So right it, off the bat. Boom. There you go. That's Boom. that's something that I think speaks to the heart of like pretty much almost every veteran. I mean, unless, yeah, you know, you're talking about the guys nowadays, <laughs> I'm fucking with you. No, um, but not really. No, really. Um, <clears throat> he continues. He goes on to say, because I was in the military, I'm allowed to self-identify as having served my country for thousands of diplomats, intelligence professionals, Peace Corps volunteers, AmeriCorps Vista members, firefighters, policemen, and others working to improve communities around the nation. It would be awkward to say I served my country, and it shouldn't be. Service to country isn't linked to combat. Though I served as an infantry officer in time of war I and went to Iraq, this is where he kind of that, you know, kind of diverges just a little bit to kind of give like almost like a deeper meaning. And he says, uh, though I served as an infantry officer in time of war and went to Iraq, I've never been in combat. The same is true for about half the Marines with whom I served. And that was in a combat arms unit. While those who bear the costs of, of battle carry a heavier burden, the rest of us can still rightly say we've served our country. Serving my country means that I gave up my normal progression of my life, high school, college, work to do something whose end was civic. The same could be said for the veterans of many other types of national service. Nor is the recognition of service to country, a result of deployment abroad in austere, austere conditions. As of 2010, and this is, remember, this is a few years ago, but still, um, or several, I should say, about 40% of the active military, uh, excuse me, active duty military had never deployed. The statistic <clears throat> is dated and the department of defense has undertaken measures to share the burdens of war more evenly across the department in recent years, but it's still, uh, but it is still instructive. Furthermore, as anyone who has deployed will tell you for every military service member living in hard conditions at a patrol base or outpost, there's one who lives in a large headquarters complete with a green bean coffee and Burger King. <laughs> Yeah, bean green coffee. You can't yeah, get away right. from that green bean coffee, baby. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, Peace Corps volunteers in Sub-Saharan so Africa. Good. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were, bro. They were fucking delicious, uh, and I, it made it made me like be like, ah, oh, my fucking coffee. Yes, because oh, yeah, I, I I missed my coffee while I was out there. Yeah, um, <clears throat> in Sub-Saharan Africa and city year and city year members living on small stipends in places like Chicago. Cleveland and Detroit certainly deal with more austerity than troops serving in the States or abroad on large headquarters complexes. So, I mean, I, I want to try and keep it a little bit brief on that one, but like the, the basic idea is there's more to serving your country than just serving in the military. And, they, they, and 
you know, he gave you the feels like right there in the beginning of the article, which is, you know, one reason why I really liked it. But he also kind of covers like, dude, like, and, and this is something that I was talking about just a little bit ago, like just like probably a few minutes prior. There, there's more to serving your country. You can still, you know, serve your country even when you're not serving your country in a capacity that's combat oriented. And, yeah. and I think that's an issue that a lot of guys have. A lot of guys come home and they don't necessarily have the, 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 the wherewithal, I, I would say maybe not, I'm not going to say the competence. Cause I mean, I'm pretty sure like anybody, any one of us could, you know, be competent enough, like to know that we can do something more, but I think that I think a lot of it just comes down to, you know, there's a a feeling of you don't know what you don't know. And you don't know sometimes that there's a place where you can go and volunteer. You don't know that there's a place where you can go and try and offer up more time. You know what I mean? And still feel like you're doing you're, you're doing, a you know, something big. I, I really appreciated the fact that he said right in the beginning, he's like, man, I was a Marine infantry officer and I didn't even, I've never been in combat. It's like you do all that training yeah. I mean, it, and it's kind of like with me, you know, I, I appreciate the fact he said that because and that's something I struggled with. You know, number one, I was a reservist. Uh, number two, I was, you know, I was an infantry soldier, but I went over there and I did, didn't really do too many combat operations. We did more security forces type because we were in a security forces battalion task force. Yeah. Um, you know, we were kind of doing what would probably be more along the lines aligned with military police duties where we're doing base security, searching people coming on and off the base and whatnot. We were at a static base. We weren't out there every day, like moving and shaking and all that kind of stuff, hustling through yeah. the countryside. So, which have you did you ever get a chance to pull guard duty like on a uh on a fucking detainee no we never had because okay so here's the thing we had that okay. that shit was always so i'll tell was, you it was i'll tell you i'll tell you a quick story so we had we were fortunate that we had um just my microphone here we had a couple of the you know the the entire time that i was there we had at least two different teams like ODA special forces teams on our camp, right? Yar. They kind of had their own B huts away from everybody, did their own thing, all that kind of stuff. So we had um, one uh, group of guys that we had in our camp, um, Delta company. So in, in our, in my original organic infantry battalion, Delta company was, um, vehicularly based so you're talking you know they're running the ma deuce they're running m2s they're running mark 19s all that kind of stuff and it's all like humvee based yeah so we had those guys we you know we had a, a delta section that was with us and these guys went out to do something and then all of a sudden we got some kind of signal i forget what the code word was but we had some kind of signal which just said you need to open up the gate get it open now we're coming in rolling hot we're just like, okay, what the fuck's going on? So they were out and about, and what had happened was they found some what guy. What happened was legitimately. 
There they were. No shit, right? Here in Afghanistan. Check this out. Um, they were out and about doing some kind of either patrol or doing something, and they found some guy wearing woodland digital desert, or excuse me, digital woodland Marine Corps style uniform. And it just no didn't shit. look right. And they, they were looking at this guy. He was, you know, uh, some type of, you know, indigenous personnel to that area. So they snatched him up and they brought him back on the base. And that's when they were gave the they gave the signal like, hey, we're coming in. Open up the gate. We're rolling straight through. We're not stopping. And they pretty much took him, this guy, and they just took him all the way. And this one truck from Delta section drove back over to the SF compound, which was inside of our compound. And that's the last thing we ever heard about. Like just. That was it. So no, I've never had to pull any any, any stuff on detainee. We never really did anything like that. Um, we did some presence patrols because we were there when they started doing like some election electoral stuff. Like they were doing elections and stuff for the first time, which is pretty cool. But never had to like guard or detain or watch any like EPWs or anything like that. Any prisoners of war for those that yeah. don't know the the lingo. So, but. Yeah, that's about it. They had one guy come in there, and they just rolled straight on back, dumped them off, and out they went again. So it's like, okay, cool. <laughs> so so <clears throat> another please, one. Uh, please continue. Yes, sir. Another one that I found, which I found very interesting, and I actually really liked, was it's uh, the title of the article is from, uh, or excuse me, the uh, the website that I found it on was in. Uh, contracting business now this one is a little bit it's much older but it still is no less valid is this um, the one with the uh the characteristics yes the seven okay. the service mentality seven characteristics of the best of the best so basically march 2008 which is go figure it's right around the time frame that i actually was in iraq um, I believe around this month of the year at that time, I was, I actually had just come home for R and R, but, uh, yeah. I remember that I met you at the airport. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, um, you actually change into that suit and stuff. I was like, good for you, man. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, baby. It says, uh, basically quite, quite a dapper um, suit too. You're damn right, baby. <laughs> I can pull off a suit now. You clean up the, good, dude. You clean up good. Um, this is uh, number one. One of the, the number one characteristic right now is uh, empathy. It says uh, this trait, one hands down, is the most important characteristic when serving customers or people in general. In so many cases, you get apathy, the exact opposite of empathy. Simply put, empathy is putting yourself in the other person's shoes. How would you feel if what happened to them happened to you? Um, and basically, the, the author of the article goes on to say, it says, true story, on a recent trip, someone stole my wallet, all my credit cards, checkbook, driver's license, and, of course, the few dollars I had in it. I proceeded to start making the appropriate phone calls to each credit card company. There were four in all. After explaining who was who I was and that I was a Disney, at Disneyland and and my my wallet was stolen with four credit cards, cash and checkbook. The person on the other line and blurted out name. Like basically like, I, wait, what? I need to fill out a report name. And then uh, it, 
And he, he goes on to say, like, he goes, he says, uh, there was no, gee, I'm sorry that happened. You know, kind of like, you know, wondering, like, why the hell they had, they didn't take this route. And, uh, like, no, oh my, how sad. All they wanted was my name. No empathy at all. And I'll tell, I'll tell you, man, like, as a parent, one of yeah. the things that makes me the proudest is the fact that I look at my daughter growing up and she has empathy. You know, she looks at other people and she's just like, are you okay? Like if somebody falls down, she's like one of the people to rush over. Are you okay? Can I help you? And I'm just like, God, you're awesome, kid. Like I'm not trying to like toot my own horn here, but I'm just like, my kid is freaking great. Like she's such a wonderful child, you know? Yeah. It's just awesome. It's it's awesome seeing your kids freaking kind of flourish like that and kind of blossom. Yeah. It's, it's, it is awesome. Now where I kind of related the empathy part for, you know, you know, folks like us, you know, ladies and ladies and guys that serve in the military is it, it, again, it just comes down to that whole thing of like, we're trying, we, we see the people around us and we want to do better for them. You know what I mean? And also like, even when we're in country, like, you know, you see a lot of the guys that went to war, you know, went to war in world war two, I mean, yeah, Pearl Harbor was a great big what you call it for them. But one of the biggest things is just seeing what the enemy or what we called back then the Axis powers, what they were doing to people in both the Pacific and in the freaking European theaters. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. you had the Nazis back then that were just indiscriminately killing people and, you know, uh, that that they felt were different to them. You know what I mean? Killing Jewish people, you know, indiscriminately, to make, like building freaking places like Auschwitz and all these other places. And then the Japanese, you know, uh, uh, going or like, uh, have you have you ever heard of um, have you ever heard of the rape of Nanking or was it uh, was it the rape of Nanking? I think I remember that, but you it, refre refresh my memory on uh, that. It, basically, when the Japanese uh, invaded China back in the 19 back it was like back in the 1940s at some point essentially i mean they went through just demolishing places i mean the, the, if there was any other race just like the nazis or i should say not race excuse me if there were any other fighting force just like the nazis it was the imperial japanese excuse me sorry youtube please don't flag us i didn't mean it that way okay disclaimer out of the way um but the but the imperial japanese army when they went through just like the nazis they felt like they were racially superior to literally everyone else which is why they went on trying to conquer everywhere they went i mean the right. japanese theater or the, the pacific theater was in many ways if not just as bad sometimes much worse than what the nazis were doing now granted you know the imperial japanese army didn't go around basically you know gathering up jews but when it came to the chinese they were just as indiscriminate in their lack of care lack of empathy just lack of anything for you know yeah. the way they treated them it, it was it was actually if and if you read up on it it's actually very just uh, 
just it it's, it's fucking terrible, man. I like, tell you, you man, you, like you get, if you run into a lot of crazy shit that happened back then, like you really hope that shit. more people pay attention during world history and world history honors and all that kind of stuff. Talking yeah. about World War Two and just all the the atrocities that happened. It's just God, dude. It was fucking terrible. Absolutely. All terrible. I'm going to say is those that don't learn from history are destined, destined to, repeat to repeat it. So, so move along, um, shall we? Yeah. Number two, enthusiasm. You cannot replace appropriate enthusiasm. It's a sign of giving service. It's a sign of giving service that is above and beyond. When a customer or person feels that you are enthusiastic on their behalf, they just fall right into the palm of your hand, exhibiting enthusiasm toward customers preach, or people preach. will give them confirmation that they have made the right decision by choosing you or by trusting you with, you know, taking care of business. It's a confirmation that they've done the right thing and everyone likes that. Yeah. I mean, talking, remember, you know, plenty of times and you would just have, you had a customer working in retail and you were just enthusiastic and they were appreciated that. And the next thing you know, oh, yeah. you've got a return customer. You know, you had mm -hmm. the people that always come back and see you, you know, when I was at apartment head, yep. people would always come up to me and they'd be like, Hey man, what's going on? I'm like, Hey, what's going on? So Mr. So-and-so and you treat them with respect, have that enthusiasm. Yep. You're happy to see them because you genuinely are most times. Damn right. And then even in, you know, leadership, you know, when you talk about team leaders and squad leaders, you know, that, first line or second line supervisor and they they actually like you can tell they're not just faking the funk on a nasty dunk like they yeah. genuinely are enthusiastic and have empathy for you like hey man how's it going how's the wife how's your new baby oh that's awesome congratulations because it just it's like i was talking about um talking about one of the leaders that i found you know that i had in my unit um he was actually in mogadishu you just you find yeah. out all these yeah, things. I think you were telling yeah. me about that one, yeah. And like, you find out this guy likes to go get pedicures. I'm like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, sorry. Like seriously, he goes, don't do it when you gotta come to drill. You need your feet tough. But like, hey, you're hey. not coming to drill. Oh yeah, Mama San puts the stuff on your feet, makes you feel good, and it just exfoliates. And I'm like, this guy's been in combat. And it's just, it just, it's it's amazing how you just see these other sides. You have, you know, a person is not just a two dimensional picture. They're yeah a three-dimensional shape. They're an amoeba where it just has all these, it changes shape and all this crazy stuff. They have different sides, like a, like a dodeca, like a dodecahedron. It's like 12 to 10 or 12 different signs, all this crazy stuff. It's like, you just see all these different facets of that person. That's what's, that's what's fascinating about it, man. It's yeah, crazy. bro. I'll, I'll read the next one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, by the way, yeah. uh, I just, I just quickly verified it was the rape of Nanking or as, right. The, the Jap, the Chinese would have pronounced it Nanjing, Nanjing. but yeah, Nanjing. Trait number three, responsibility. Being responsible is so important, obviously. Uh, being responsible is living up to a previously agreed upon commitment. It can be a large or small responsibility. Example, I was speaking at a corporate meeting last spring, and when, a pro when asked my needs, I told them all I needed was a handheld wireless microphone. No problem. The contact told me. She said she had told Bob to have the handheld wireless uh, mic ready when Bab. I was supposed to speak. Well, when I got to the meeting room, there was only what they call a lavalier microphone, the type you clip onto your garment. Not the correct one we ordered, but nonetheless, it would have worked 
However, my contact was terribly disappointed. My contact said, you know, I gave Bob the responsibility to get you the handheld and he let me down, which in turn let you down. She continued, I gave Bob the responsibility of getting you the microphone you needed and he didn't do it. When you agree to something for a coworker, uh-oh, there it is. Sorry. Uh, when you agree to something for co for a coworker or a customer, it is it's key to be responsible and keep your commitment. And like Yar. one of the best things I love about old school mentality is like the gentleman's agreement. We agree yeah. to something, we get together, we shake hands. That's that's it. That's the agreement. That's your responsibility. I'm gonna do what I say, you do what you say. Let's call the whole thing off, you know? Let's call it a day. Dang right. Uh, Pretty much, my man. You got the next one? Yeah. Uh, Next is resiliency. How fast can you pop back into a good mood when something has disrupted your schedule? I think that's a really good question for a lot of us, actually. Or do you pout and fret and linger and wallow in it? The ability to bounce back from any adversity is an important service mentality. Problems arise throughout the workday for everyone with disruptions that we hadn't planned. And as my mother used to tell me, it's not the problem, or excuse me, it's not the problem, Nancy. It's how you handle it. Um, As usual, mother's right. How how we handle the situation is what makes it good or bad. Um, And you you know, I, I, there is like, you know, I'll, and you know, it's funny is actually, believe it or not, I actually had a conversation slightly uh, about something like that with uh, my oldest today, which is actually kind of, you know, but uh, we'll get it back. We'll get into that a little bit later. But um, it was something that, you know, when you think about what the, the words that were said in that, it's, 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 you got to be able to, you got to be able to bounce back. And, and, in, and even in military service, you know, especially in the combat, especially in combat, you, you see hear, and witness things that, that a lot of the times not many other people experience. And, you know, from the perspective of a combat veteran, you know, you, you're going to, you're going to, hear people screaming, you know, you're going to see people die. You're going to, you know, it, it, not necessarily in that order and never necessarily when you really expect it, things are going to pop off and you have to be able to focus. You have to be able to make sure that you're on point so that when shit does hit the fan, not only can you still do your job, but you can still be of service to the people that matter most at that point in time, which is your brothers to your left and well, or and sisters to your left and your right, which is one of the biggest things that you have to remember in a combat situation. Cause all you got is each other in those situations. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that reminded me of, um, it reminded me of uh, that poem that my grandfather always kind of imparted on other people. It's, yeah. it's called Attitude by Charles Swindoll, and it talks about like, you know 
mindset and all that kind of stuff. And then the last line of this is, I am convinced that life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. And that like yeah. just speaks, that just is an, a, 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 an absolute, you know, just, you know, shout out to resiliency. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Number five, balance. So we view the balance of scales on the symbol of justice as an example of even handedness and fairness. So too with our workload versus the needs of the customer or other people. There's a fine line between pleasing the customer and losing money for the company. In other words, it shouldn't all be one sided. When a customer needs something, that's fine. If, however, we go over the line, it becomes unbalanced and not fair to either the customer or the company. Cool, Finding right. the right balance at your job and your company will help you maintain the right balance for both you and your company. Is the customer always right? No. The customer always thinks he's right. That's you need correct. to know the difference between giving away the store and sticking sticking to company guidelines. Balance keeps everything in check, and that's that's a good example for you know like good solid leaders that I've NCOs that I've had in the military. It's like you know they make sure like um, I hate to use the example of Hollywood, but you know it kind of is is applicable uh, in the movie Act of Valor. When all the guys on the SEAL team are sitting there with uh, Rourke, Lieutenant Rourke and stuff, and then Chief Dave, and they're out on the beach, and the families are off to the side, and he gets all the guys together, and he's like, hey, you know, everything's got to be in check before we step off. You know, if something's out of, yeah. out of whack, out of balance here, it's going to affect us downrange, so lock it down here before we step off, and we can take get care family of it. Get family affairs in line before you head out. Absolutely. Next. And uh, next, one of my personal favorites, ownership. Um, oh, shit. The author actually said that too. Son of a bitch. <laughs> because, 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 and this, they, they go on. Uh, because I see it so much as I call and shop around, it, uh, it runs rampant through the business world. Um, this is the proverbial, it's not my job or not my department or I wasn't here that day or I don't know anything about that. Um, you know, just go that, run it. That, that's a perfect example, by the way. You're, yeah. you're nailing. You're hitting that, that stereotype yeah. right on the head, dude. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, you're running through all those excuses. Um, I didn't know. Customers or people don't care if you were on vacation when something happened and they and they need help they don't care if it's not your department you answered the phone they're depending on you you were at the counter to help them no if you answered the call you own the call or you know just take responsibility for your surroundings and also the people that are around you, you know, you know, owning, you know, going back to uh, one of uh, my personal favorite uh, podcasters and authors, Jacko Willink. Um, you know, I, I learned a lot about ownership from his book, you know, uh, extreme ownership. And then of course the, you know, the, uh, the uh, added uh, book, you know, uh, uh, I believe it was uh, 
Oh my goodness, why am I blanking on his second on the second book? <laughs> yeah, and it's funny it's like, because oh, it's Friday night and it's ten o'clock and we're an hour into this and we're oh really yeah, tired. it is ten o'clock, yeah. Um, but yeah, that uh, own you you got to own up to what you both have done and have not done, and and you know the it it just. I'll go on with with what the author says. says, uh, take ownership of the situation. It's not that you'll need to do everything, but taking ownership and making sure the customer knows. I like how she added that, or he or she added that part in where it says, it's not that you'll have to do everything because obviously if you have a team, delegate it out. Um, The author's name was Nancy. That's why I said it earlier. It's like the mom said, well, Nancy. Yeah, Yeah, got it. It was a lady, Um, by the way. Royer. Yeah, I wasn't paying attention to any of that. Again, um, it's, but uh, but taking ownership and making sure that the customer knows that you will find out for them are key. Um, as the telephone doctor, I feel, uh, excuse me, as the telephone doctor, I feel it should never take two people to give good customer service. Uh, you get the call, you own the call. So um, what she, what she means by the telephone doctor is the author of this. Um, she is the president of a company called the Telephone Doctor, based out of yes. St. Louis, which is a customer service training company. So Correct. That's what that's what she means by that. So just so you're aware. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man. Um. Own it. Own that you have a own that you have a responsibility to do your piece own that you um are responsible for your sphere of influence no matter how big or small um that includes the people and the things within it you know it's kind of it's kind of one of those things that that unfortunately a lot of people do not acknowledge and it's something that a lot unfortunately a lot of people do not practice in uh i mean i mean it's sad to say it but you know both in the military and in the civilian sector you run into people that will not take ownership for anything they've done they'll they'll just say oh "Oh, yeah this guy did it it's like well what about you oh that's just that's 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 called the art of the deflection it's just like they're the teflon the teflon specialist which just bounces off of them goes to somebody else Yep. What's the last one? So that was number six. What's number seven there, Al? Adaptability. Be able to know what you can do next or be able to figure it out. Um, and it says, uh, granted, this service mentality might be might need some practice, but it is another important uh, ingredient, characteristic, or trait of the service mentality. Think about the number of people whom you help every day, either on the phone or in person. They're all different, aren't they? Not only in culture, color, or accent, but in mood and personality. We need to be able to adapt to all kinds of personalities, having difficulty understanding someone, learn to adapt to their particular problem. Ask them if they could please slow down so you can get to t- or so you can get what they need. Slow talkers, adapting to them is, is, is so important, mostly because slow talkers don't like to be rushed. Um, so rushing a slow talker through a conversation will only make it worse. You'll need to adapt to those that are slow talkers. And of course, there's the fast talker. 
to whom you also need to adapt. You know, it, this article, like, you know, the one thing, this article is looking at everything from kind of like more so of like a business standpoint. Right. But but there are plenty of subtle cues where it does apply to regular everyday life. Everything. Whether it's yeah. a service. I mean, adaptability. I, I would think a good contemporary example of that is how you have all these combat arms branches that are now co- uh, you know, co-ed. You have yeah. female soldiers now that are infantry soldiers, along type of, yeah. alongside of guys that are infantry soldiers. So it's like, okay, I'm sure there's some adaptability there. There was, you know. Oh, yeah. You have females serving on submarines, which has traditionally been a all-male activity in the United States mm-hmm. Navy. Um, I, I saw a really um, – there's um, – I forget what her name was, but she's a captain, and she is the executive officer of HHC for one of the battalions in Ranger Regiment. Yeah, so I think she, she actually. She, I think she actually served with uh, the Ranger Regiment in, in Afghanistan as a she lieutenant. actually. She was a well, plat- she was a platoon leader, I thought, if I remember correctly. She's a platoon leader, yes, and it, it's different because because of the fact that they're. There's spe- their special operations forces. Um, yeah. A company commander in the regiment is actually a major versus a captain. A platoon leader is actually a ah, captain. Ah, yeah. yeah. So because you have – it kind of goes up one. But, yeah, so she's like the first ranger to go and lead combat troops because she was responsible. She yeah. was an XO of a company. I'm like, that's a lot of adaptability. Again, ranger regiment being a very, very prestigious and for the longest time male only. And now we've had – you know, I think upwards of 10 people, females that have gone through ranger school and stuff. And yeah, there's definitely some adaptability there. I mean, you get different types of personnel or you reflag to a different unit and you go from doing one mission to another skill set. And it's like, okay. So, so yeah, that's, I mean, I like that. I ended up being a really good article album. I'm glad you found that one. That was a hell good yeah, one. man. So to kind of bring this back full circle, let's talk about why service is important. Yeah, let's do it. So why we talked, we gave all these examples of service, you know, going, serving the military, getting involved with civic service, um, civil service, whatever you want to call it. Um, Why is that important? Well, it can do a lot of different things. One, it helps to better your community. Um, It gives you a sense of, um, like I said earlier in the article, it just gives you a broader sense of, you know, what the world's like. It's not just you're sitting here doing this, you can go and you can interact a lot of, especially like when you get to higher echelons of, you know, leadership and whatnot. I mean, look at the example of, there was a, a, some press conference at the, that was going on in Hillsborough County. It was the County Sheriff. It was the police chief for the city of Tampa. It was the school board, uh, the the, the, what's what's his name? Um, Superintendent, superintendent of schools. Um, and it was also the security police chief for the schools. And they were all talking together and just kind of seeing, you know, obviously it was in regards to um, a response to what happened in uh, Uvalde, Texas earlier yeah. this week. Um, but they were all kind of coming together and saying, this is what we're going to do. This is how this is working. If you have any questions, you know, let us know. We can take care of all this stuff. You know, service is just, again, it's, it's something you do for the betterment of others, for so it's it's pretty much yeah. acknowledging that there's something bigger than yourself. I mean, 
like we yeah. like when Alamo and I joined, you know, America was attacked. We we said we're going to go up and, and sign our name on the dotted line, write a blank check up to and including our lives to say I'm going to do my part to safeguard my country so that this stuff never happens again. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to always go that route. But service can be a lot of things. I mean, I, I'm given. I know there's a bunch of examples of veterans from our generation, which is a global war on terror generation, that are now getting into politics. There's a guy somewhere in North Carolina, um, Tony Cowden, I believe he is. He's a um, he's a master sergeant in Green Berets, and now he's getting involved in politics. And you see a lot of this. There's a lot of guys that have gone and have served during you know Afghanistan, Iraq. They're kind of transitioning into let me go and apply what I've learned about leadership and serving other people, serving the the subordinates under me and being a subordinate to those over me and applying that to the folks back home. You know, that dedication, that drive, that, that sense of duty. I mean, there's a lot of it goes with that. Um, I remember my grandfather actually was in, was a part of the American Legion post in Zephyr Hills, Florida for quite a long time. And he actually was awarded um, Legionnaire of the year because he had a, a cust, uh, he had a service project where there's a there's a hospital there in Zephyr Hills and whatnot, and he would take the crossword puzzles out of the newspapers and he would take them and put them on a piece of cardboard and then he would also cut out the solution to that and he would stick it on the back of the cardboard and what he would do is he would have a whole bunch of these and he would go to the hospital. And the people that were there, like, you know, long term or had some kind of terminal illness or something like that, he would pass them out so you could do it. And then, like, they'd all be different. So when you see somebody that you might, you know, run into it, like a, you might have therapy or a, a doctor's appointment at the same time or, you know, one time after that, you might be leaving while they're going in. So you could just be like, hey, man, you got a, you got a crossword puzzle? Yeah. I'm done with it. You want to trade? Yeah. And it's just something simple like that because, man, there's a lot of people that end up in the hospital. And, like, you just get that time warp thing where it's just like, I've been here for three years. You've been here for a week. Feels like three years, man. <laughs> so it's just something simple to pass the time. And it's just doing something for the betterment or the improvement of others. And, you yeah. know, that was something that he was so, so, so proud of. I mean, not only being a part of the Legion because he did a lot of. He did a lot of, you know, community projects, community service projects, but just especially for that one, like he got his name on a plaque and all this stuff. And there's, I've got it somewhere here in my stuff. But, you know, doing things like that, you know, I remember one of the guys I went to high school with, he would actually go. He was in he was in band with me and he happened to be a trumpet player and he would go. He was also an ROTC. So on like Memorial Day or, you know, Days of Remembrance he would actually go to the cemeteries and stuff and he'd be in his ROTC uniform and he would play taps and stuff. And I'm like, I kind of want to go back and like brush up on my playing skills. Like maybe I can do that. That'd be kind of cool. So, yeah, <laughs> just a thought. Yeah. Just a thought. So, so that's kind of our talk on serve. Oh, did you find out what the, uh, what that poll said? Did we have any response to that? Oh, um, I didn't actually get a chance to actually check it out. I saw when some, I think I had, I think I, when it was at like two replies, I saw, I mean, a couple of people said yes. I think, I think there were a few more answers, but I, I don't know. So I wanted the, to check the, it out right now, but I was afraid that if I did it, I was going to, the music was going to play in it. 
<laughs> okay, that's fine. So go ahead and check it, dude. I'll, I'll kind of, you know, talk. So what we were talking about last night when we were doing our show prep is we brought up the, the movie. Um, we're talking about service and we were consulting our, our um, uh, other member of the Battle Pros podcast show. That's uh, Alamo's Lovely Wife, Tisha, who we often use for use for um, getting the another opinion, especially from a female point of view and just somebody Ooh, who's doing this okay. kind of stuff. Oh, it looks okay, good. So according, according okay, to so hold on, hold on, wait, wait, not yet. So, so what we did is we talked about the we talked about service, and we ended up talking about the movie Starship Troopers. And the reason we brought that up is because so the preface, if you haven't seen it, it, it started off as a as a novel. I think it's Robert Heinlein, I believe. But the novel is pretty much there's kind of the preface of okay, if the Nazis had won World War II, and in order for you to be a citizen you had to have service of some type. And there are certain countries in Europe where you have to do two years of some type of service to the country, whether it's military, whether it's working in a, in a governmental capacity or whatnot. And I, we were talking about maybe doing some engagement and I said, Hey, what about if service should be mandatory? Should it be mandatory for people nowadays to have to serve for a minimum time frame of two years, as opposed to being an all volunteer force? So Alamo is going to tell us what uh, the results have been so far. So, yeah. Um, so far, it looks like about a fifty-fifty split. Really? Yeah. How many people voted? I know I I voted looks, on it and I said yes. So I think it's I think it's like th- I think it was like three or four. Like probably or was it four or five? Probably like four or five. I I don't know. I'm having difficulty actually seeing it or reading it. But uh, it looks like it's about four or five people, and it's kind of almost like a 50-50 split, really. Um, so it, I think, like, a couple people are saying no. A couple people are saying yes. So and I, I guess it, yes. it popped up on my face. It's, it's, kind of, it, it's kind of divisive, man. It's like a 50-50 split right there. That's actually very surprising. I, I thought we would have more people saying no than yes. So please feel free when this video shows up on our YouTube page eventually or any other of our um, different usual outfits. If you can leave a comment, you know, let us know what you think about that. We'd love to hear from you. Um, You know, this is a great point for discussion and engagement with the viewing audience. So hell yeah. On that note, we're going to start wrapping this up because we've been rambling for a good hours plus. So yeah, we have. So earlier we mentioned for those of you that, you know, haven't been here before, um, we were mentioning our buddy, John. John is kind of the reason why we have this show. Um, John's a friend of ours that worked in retail with us. Um, we worked at a gun store in Tampa, and we all worked in the same kind of uh, department. So we got yeah. to, John and, and Alamo and I got to be really good buddies and um, kind of fell out of touch with him, unfortunately. And we found out um, last year that he had, you know, committed suicide. And yeah. we were quite shooken up by this you know all it takes is for somebody to just to, to call and just say hey man how's it going how's it going how you doing and we wish we would have had that opportunity because john was just such a <laughs> such a funny fucker like he was just hilarious he was yeah, just i mean yeah. he was honestly just one of those guys he'd give you the shirt off your back he's like man yeah whatever i can do to help dude so that's how our show came to be um you know, one of the big things that we try to combat is, you know, the the 
veteran epidemic of 22 military members or veterans a day, you know, choosing yeah. to take that route where they chose or they choose to make to solve a temporary problem with a permanent solution. Yeah. And, you know, we don't we don't want you to do that. You know, that's I've actually I'm not going to lie. I've actually been trying to I, I want to see if uh, the statistic has gotten worse ever since the withdrawal. That would be an interesting topic. Yeah. Or that Oh, actually, a, I was just thinking about looking it up, but actually, if it, it would be an interesting topic. Well, to, to bring up in yeah. some way, whether it's, you know, social media engagement, all that kind of stuff. So hell yeah. But anyway, so, you know, there's there's times when things get rough and there's times when you're feeling down. You know, we want to we're here to remind you and it's our mission to just be like, hey there's always another option, you know, don't go that route because that's a, that's a one way street. When you go down that road, yeah. there's no coming off of it. And that's not what we want to see. So when we were coming up with the name and kind of like what the image of the show, we came up, you know, with the name battle bros. And then we're like, well, what can we do to, to bros. what can, what can we do to keep people engaged and keep people reminding them like, Hey, you're, you're worthy. You need to stay here. We want to hear from you. We came up with the bros code. So it's easy to remember. Just remember, B R O S. That's all you got to do. Each yeah. one of those is a, is one of the, each one of those um, letters represents one of the pillars of the bros code. So you have B, be tenacious. Tenacity is such an important thing in this day and age. I mean, um, just having a no quit attitude going out and saying, I'm going to do this to the best of my ability. I took my daughter out for um, ice cream. With like a snow cone, which has been like our tradition for the end of school ever since she started school a couple of years ago. And there was this little game outside and it's like a little, like a little metal ring and you got to like swing it on a rope till it lands on a hook like this. And that's how you get points. <laughs> I think I've seen that game that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, she's getting frustrated and finally she's just like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, we're not going home until you do this. Mind you, we, we're two minutes from the house. But I just wanted to show her. It's like, keep going. And you're going to get it. And you're going to feel so much better when you do. And sure as shit, she just put enough English on it and just, and I'm just like, I was, I was, man, I was cheering loud as hell, man. I was like, that's what, that's how you do that. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. So when you go do something, man, do it to the fullest of your ability. Be tenacious. Be the best parent. Be the best soldier. The best service member. Be the best um, civil best servant. Best to the best to the best. Sir, so, exactly. <laughs> with honest, with honest, <laughs> take something serious. You can always make a fuckery out of it. That's great, Nacho. Thanks. <laughs> but um, you know, whatever it is, you know, do it to the best of your ability. If it's if it's being a student, if it's being an athlete, if it's you know going and working on your your pro, your service project to make Eagle Scout and the Boy Scouts stuff, man, go out there and fucking slay that shit, kill it, man. Yeah. Come, do what you can. R Refuse to surrender. There's going to be a lot of things that um, get in your way. There's going to be times when you have to maintain and display some adaptability, as the article said. You're going to have to show some empathy. You're going to have to show some responsibility. Okay, whatever happens, don't let it get you. Like I, same story. Like I was just saying with my daughter, I didn't want her to quit. I wanted to show her, hey, you can do this. As long as you don't quit and sure shit, she got it. And she just, it was amazing. We, we just had our little moment where we're sitting there fist pumping and high fiving on the sidewalk there at the side of this place that, that that game was at. And we just had a great old time. Whatever happens, don't quit until you accomplish what you set out to accomplish. Damn um, right. 
don't don't let things beat you, which kind of goes into the next one. Oh, obliterate your obstacles. These obstacles are going st- to try to get you to quit. They're going to try to get you to surrender. Fuck that shit. Um, sometimes you got to go over the wall. Sometimes you got to go around the wall. Sometimes you got to go under the wall. Sometimes you got to dig a trench to go whichever way. Sometimes you need to push it over, back a truck into it. Sometimes you got to breach it with some Bangalore, C4, and some deck cord do it sometimes you got to be like airstrike stationary target right to left hit it green smoke whatever <laughs> whatever you gotta do man you gotta call an artillery strike you gotta call a mortar mortar attack whatever blow that shit up man get it out of your way keep doing what you gotta do as long as you're moving towards and accomplishing the objective hitting the x Man, do it. And I'll tell you what, man, this is a wonderful feeling. You get that done, you're just like, fuck yeah, absolutely. Um, the f- the f- fourth and final tenet of the Battle Royce Code is S. Seek out help from a friend in time of need. Um, like with the example we give with John, you know, there's nothing that we can do to go back and to change things. And I would give anything, almost anything to do so. Where we could just say, hey, man, things are rough. Come over. We'll sit and talk. We'll cry it out. We'll hug it out. Whatever you got to do, we'll bro it up. I don't care. I want you here. I want you to stay here, man. So in the yeah. event that you got stuff going on, I mean, reach out to somebody, family members. If they don't always understand where you're coming from, what that looks like, reach out to your old battle buddies, man. Reach out to your, your buddies that you serve with, crewmates, teammates, shipmates, whatever the case may be, guys that run your squad, platoon, your company, whatever the case may be. Okay. If you don't have anybody you can call, there are resources out there. There's the National Suicide Prevention Hotline that's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And the number for that is 1-800-273. You're going to pull the banner up there high speed? You're like a couple of, you're doing something. Listen here. Yeah. There you go. Like I was saying, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that is 1-800-273-8255. It's open 24. What are you laughing at? Nothing. Did I messed up the number? Shut up. <laughs> such a jerk. <laughs> um, please reach out to somebody. Everybody yeah. here, you know, whether you served in combat or not, if you served your country, if you gave an act and gave provided an act of service to the country, you deserve to have your story told. You know, like you may not always be high speed freaking, you know, Marine or guy that was in Ranger or an SF guy. Okay, great. We got those guys. Not everybody needs to do all that stuff. You still need to have your story told and we need to thank you and, you know, let you know that you are special and that you are appreciated for your efforts. So no matter what happens, reach out to somebody, call them. If you get a hold of somebody, man, do so. Absolutely, because you know we would hate to lose anybody else to twenty-two a day. It's, it's two. Twenty-two is way too many. One is way too many, and it hurts even worse when it's somebody you know, like our buddy John. So, yeah, that shit sucks, bro. That's that's the epidemic that we're trying to stop. So, no. So I'm pretty much done. I'm gonna hand it off to my cohort here. He's gonna finish up closing this out, and then uh, we're gonna sign the hell off of here. So, if you guys would like to catch us on the social medias, you can do that. And you can find us on the Facebook at facebook.com 
slash battle bros podcast you can also find us on the insta at battle bros underscore podcast um you can also you can also write us on those on those platforms via the instant messengers that are on those platforms and you can also contact us on the facebook via the whatsapp all you have to do is go down to the link to the link in our uh to the link on our facebook page click that little green button with the little phone symbol in it and you can leave us a message and you can contact us there we will answer i can promise you i'll get back to you as soon as i possibly can because it's linked directly to me um you can also catch us on battlebrospc at gmail.com if you want to go ahead and write us i do encourage you guys to write us if you got any questions any kind of suggestions for topics we're willing to do whatever you guys want in terms of you know what you guys want to talk about what you guys want to hear us talk about we're listening we're here send it we'll hear it um you can also catch us over on da, 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 the rumble go to rumble.com go ahead and cl click in the description battle bros and you'll find us right there on the rumble as well um you can find us here on youtube you can find us on anchor you can find us on apple podcast google podcast overcast amazon music Castbox, podcast radio public stitcher as well as spotify um and those are all of our audio platforms. Also, if you guys want to support us, you don't have to. But it ain't going to stop us from enjoying that little kind of little you, you, you did you give us. You could do that over on the Anchor app or you could do it on the Anchor in your or excuse me, you could do it on the Anchor website via your browser. All you got to do is when you click on the Battle Bros podcast page, Go down to the support button, click that little support button, and uh, go ahead and donate whatever you feel like. Everything from a dollar to ten, or you can customize. Um, just remember also here to like, share, and subscribe. And the most important one being share now, specifically because YouTube has changed up the algorithm again. And, of course, now sharing is caring. So if you guys share that, if you guys go ahead and share the video, it's going to be much, 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 much easier for us. And you get the views out there for us. And it also helps get the message out there. So I definitely recommend you guys doing that. And uh, that would help us out quite a bit. Other than that, man, I've got nothing else. Let's, uh, let's close it out, Britta. Yeah, man. So just remember, everybody, um, thank you so much for taking the time to join us for these discussions, interviews, um, whatever we have on the show at that particular time. We greatly appreciate you uh, helping us out, supporting us just by giving us a listen, giving us a watch. Um, the most crucial part of this is knowing that it's not necessarily you that may need help, but you passing it along to somebody may actually get the message to who it needs Absolutely. to get to. Thank so baby. It's, it's all about you know passing along word of mouth. Um, we're still a growing podcast to where we, you know, don't have the budget for a lot of stuff yet, but we're getting there. But you just know that, you know, it's it's all about paying it forward. You might pass it along yeah, yeah. somebody to pass it along somebody to some guy who's watched this, who's really thinking about going down that one way street. And it's just like, okay, these guys actually have a good message. I'm going to sit there and 
talk about it and get some help. So yeah. and that's what it's all about. We're trying to stop that 22 a day epidemic. So, um, again, thank you so much. We humbly are, are we, we are so humble and gracious that you guys take the time out to, to check us out and watch us every week. Um, we, you know, this has be, quickly become a, a labor of love that we enjoy doing. And it's kind of depressing when we don't have the opportunity to put it on every single week for various reasons. But yeah. just know that, you know, this is something that we take very seriously. We enjoy doing this and we hope that you guys will come back and see us next week. Um, thank you again for joining us. This has been episode 032 talking about service on the Battle Pros podcast with Mac and Alamo. Um, we hope to see you again next time that we're on, which should be next week. Same time of 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Friday night. So until then, we want to say thanks so much. Be safe out there. Look for look out for one another and um, do what you can to help others help others out around you. And just know that, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, getting the group stronger. So Damn until right. then, until then, we're going to sign off and um, – Hope to see you guys next time. Battle Bros.